get this party started. It's the first ever Disney Channel Games. Oh, the jungle VIP I've reached the top and had to stop And that's what's bothering me I wanna Get be your head in the DC Games Hello and welcome, you're listening to Mouse Madness, a podcast dedicated to bracketing all things Disney. I'm Chris Bowersox. And I'm Kyle Skinner. And we are your hosts for Mouse Madness. Each episode will focus on a single Disney topic, generate a bracket, and debate our way through the madness to figure out who or what is truly the best. Follow us and play along on Twitter at MouseMadnessPod or send us an email at MouseMadnessPodcast at gmail.com. Kyle, listeners, happy second birthday to Mouse Madness. We have made it two years. And I, I didn't know we'd make it one, and now we're here out here two years later. It's, it's crazy. Yep. So crazy. in celebration of our birthday, instead of going big and doing some uh, extremely in-depth bracket that would require months of research, uh, we went more on brand with Mouse Madness. We went a little bit smaller. We did go smaller. However, this could have probably used a few months of uh, research. <laughs> we, we left our favorite 2000s thing in DCA 1.0. And now we're moving on to our second favorite 2000s thing, which is Awkward Disney Channel. We are talking about the best Disney Channel games athlete this week in the next two weeks. Uh, and we'll get more into what that means, what that's all about. But to help us, we're bringing back one of our Disney Channel experts. It's Elizabeth Staub. Elizabeth, welcome back to Mouse Madness. Thank you. I am truly honored to be invited back. I mean, you were here for the, the golden episode, number 50. We did uh, the best DC original movie, which was one of my favorites. And that was one that took months to research, but... How did it feel to to hop back into the Disney Channel and and watch some of our favorite stars in these games? It felt great. You know, you guys know I'm a big uh, OG Disney Channel stan. Love love the the classics and uh, all these these guys that we'll talk about are certainly Disney Channel classic stars. So, Chris, Disney Channel games. What were these things? So the Disney Channel games, I thought, were this long-running TV series that Disney put on where they brought in Disney Channel personalities to compete in field day games. Uh, it turns out it was only three seasons. I thought it was <laughs> at least like five or six. And um, only one of the seasons is on Disney+. Plus. So I was yeah. a little bit disappointed in that because I remember looking it up at one point and being like, oh, they got Disney Channel games on here. Awesome. Click on it. There's only one season which is the third and final season from 2008. But there were three seasons. We found the other two on YouTube. Very, very poor quality, but uh, we were able to, to watch it and get through it. In TV, summertime is a very difficult time to fill with programming because everyone wants to take a vacation. So instead of right. filming normal TV shows, that's where reality TV comes into play. Your Survivor, your Big Brother, your Amazing Race, all of those are summertime shows because it doesn't require a whole lot of people to put together. It's just like randoms who will do mm -hmm. anything to be on TV. So uh, <laughs> Disney threw together this Disney Channel games to fill that summer TV schedule. And what's interesting is that uh, it's this field day concept. And I almost like 
in my mind, I remember this not happening. And maybe Elizabeth, you can remember not happening in like a prime time block. I feel like this was like a, a, a 3.30, 4 p.m. block time that was summer programming when you would kind of expect the kids that were going to be watching this to be like out and about days or longer. So it's interesting that they chose this. But uh, what are your memories of the Disney Channel games growing up? Do you remember watching these? Do you remember uh, tuning in every day? What, what was your experience? I do remember watching them. I might have been like a little too old to, to be watching these as they aired originally, <laughs> but I did. Um, I think you're right. I remember distinctly like High School Musical airing in the summer and having like a big summer premiere or at least one of them. Um, so this feels like if I like it was sprinkled in throughout just like weeks in the summer, like it would be on and um but watching the commercials really brought me back to the days of going to disneychannel.com and just like playing around <laughs> on there like some some of the only websites I was allowed to to browse. Um so that was a fun little throwback too. So we're talking Disney Channel 2000 stars competing in middle school elementary school field day competitions. It's going to get weird. It's going to get fun and in order to help us get there you know we had to bring a little spoonful of sugar. Chris, what are you drinking this week? So springtime is here. I live in a very small apartment in New York, so we're getting ready to do some spring cleaning. So I was like, I need to get through this giant case of beer that I have, all of these craft beer kings. Uh, and I went and I picked out one that really reminded me of the DC games. It's called Lemon Meringue Fluffies, and it's got all these little lemons in goggles floating <laughs> on little clouds. It just made me think of like the the safety first aspect of Disney Channel games, you know, a uh, fluffy lemon feels very youthful and summery. It's from North Park Beer Company, which is in San Diego, my hometown, rocking my Padres hat as we record this episode. So I'm going to give this lemon meringue fluffies a little taste. It is a sour ale, as you all should have guessed. <laughs> oh, man, it's so good. It's uh, it's definitely not super sour. It is definitely more lemon meringue than than sour. But uh, man, I enjoy this a lot. Uh, Kyle, what do you got? Um, before recording this, I participated in a cocktail mixology class for work, um, which is a great work perk at this new job that I have. And so I brought one of the drinks over from there, and this is called the Clover Club. Uh, there's a bar here in San Francisco called the Clover Club, and the mixologist loves it and named a drink after it. It's basically a like a gin sour, except you got a little raspberry in there. So what it is is two ounces of dry gin, three-fourths of an ounce of simple syrup, three-fourths of an ounce of lemon juice, five raspberries. You put all of that together. You muddle up the raspberries in it. Then you add the ice, and you shake it up, and you're supposed to pour it into an already chilled coupe glass. But knowing me and my preparedness, I didn't chill a glass. So I put some ice in it and it's just going to dilute it a little bit. And if you're really fancy, you can strain it, put it into uh, the other side of your shaker, put a little egg white in the other side, mix that all together so you get that egg white froth on it. Had it the first time, didn't do it this time because like I said, I'm too lazy. Um, and it turns into this very, very pink drink from the muddled raspberries and it looks delicious and it's very refreshing but i'm gonna call it the shin gin 
for this one. Yes, Whoa. let's go. The Shin Jin, and uh, I'm sure no one knows who Shin is, and we're going to dive into it in a little bit. <laughs> Elizabeth, what are you drinking this week? So this week, I'm on deck for uh, Vax 2 tomorrow, so we're sticking with water tonight and just hydrating up, uh, hoping to minimize any side effects. But Chris, I'm really enjoying your sour beer journey because I too love a good sour beer so I make little mental notes of the ones that you like and think that I can maybe attain in some way and it's really great it's great because I am too ashamed to drink ciders so um I'm like hey it's a sour ale it's not the same thing at all There's a great, um, there's an orchard near me that makes a rosé cider that is delicious. So I'll have to bring oh, you one. Oh, baby. Ooh. All right. Well, folks, we did it. We got our interns back into the parks for our demographic for the Disney Channel Games Best Athlete. I'm so, I'm so happy for our interns. They miss Disneyland Park so much and, uh, and they finally made it. It's back. It's open. Our interns arrived opening day and they seeked out. People who chose to purchase Mickey pretzels on opening day. Very wholesome, wholesome group of, uh, of people for this demographic. Yeah, and, and I, from what I hear, the Mickey pretzels sold out. So uh, there was no shortage of people to ask this question. And you know, these were folks just looking to get that authentic Disney experience again, going straight for the snacks. I love it. I love it. So before we get into our field of 16, we got to talk about some Disney Channel games, athletes that missed the dance. There were so many to choose from. So obviously not everyone could make it. Kyle, what are a few standout names for you? To start this all out, I'm going to mispronounce basically everyone's name because when they introed all of these athletes, they kind of just ran through them. And then they continued to mispronounce their names throughout the rest of the show and the rest of the season. So who knows how it's actually pronounced. So first up, in season two, there was a, uh, an athlete. Season two, they decided to go international. So they brought in some of the international Disney stars, maybe Disney stars, or they're just like random extras that they brought in that represented these countries. Maybe this is, maybe he was from season three, but his name was uh, Koki Akata or Akeda. Who knows? Uh, our, our announcer mispronounced it every single time. This dude was an athlete. He only had a little bit of screen time, but when he did, he was an absolute speed demon through the obstacle course. He had the softest hands in the egg toss. So and soft. All of all of there's there's a few repeating events throughout these seasons, and one of them is this like dunk tank, and you realize that no one has ever thrown an object in their life when you're watching this <laughs> dunk tank event. But Koki showed up like he's played baseball before. Like he had a very decent throwing form with a great arm, like great athlete. I think what happens is that he's not necessarily the first that comes to mind when you think Disney Channel games or disney channel at all you if you hadn't watched this you wouldn't know who this is so i'm a little sad because i was really rooting for him and wanting him to be on this bracket but he just missed the dance and the second one for me is they called him martin barlon but i'm pretty sure it's martin because he was from spain (laughs) and uh martin was an absolute savage 
in um foosball they did a, like a they did a um uh, a human foosball where you held on to like a, a a pipe and everybody was in different orders my guy scored like four goals in the first game another hat trick in the last in the second one and then just like ran the show in the third like absolute born soccer player he even kind of said it at the end he was like well i played soccer so this kind of makes sense why i'm i'm good at this but he was he like I don't know. You just made a fool out of every goalie that was on the opposing side. So I get it. Another uh, international star that was only there for one season, but uh, a pretty great athlete. Chris, who missed the dance for you? One of those goalies that Martin Barlon uh, clowned on was Nick Jonas. And uh, I I love the Jonas brothers, and I love Nick Jonas in particular. And seeing him get so frustrated by just getting absolutely (laughs) embarrassed out there was a delight to watch. And on that note, a few notable omissions from this bracket are the 2008 stars. That is the Jonas Brothers, all three of them, Demi Lovato and Selena Gomez. Yeah. And if you asked me a week ago and were like, hey, who are some of the most prominent figures in the Disney Channel games? I would probably say, oh, Jonas Brothers, Demi, and Selena. Uh, they're absent from this bracket, and it's no surprise to me at all because they really didn't do a whole lot. <laughs> uh, the, no. the, the third season of Disney Channel Games really leaned into the reality TV show element a little bit more with a lot of interviews, some more like off-the-field uh, shenanigans. So the the athletic component of it kind of fell to the background a little bit. So we, we actually didn't get to see a lot of uh, Selena or Demi in particular. Yeah. One other omission for me is... Vanessa Ann Hudgens. Yeah. This is when she was going by her first, middle, and last name. <laughs> v. Hudge had uh, actually a pretty impressive victory in the Rock, Paper, Scissors mm-hmm. match. Uh, by the way, when they came out, we're like, event number two is going to be Rock, Paper, Scissors. I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Oh my God, I'm going to hate this so much. And it ended up being my favorite event of both seasons they ran it. I was like, why am I Uh so into watching these kids play rock, paper, scissors with each other? V. Hudge threw out a paper in a game five. Elimination on the line. She throws out paper, which is like, that's like, you know, going heater, 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 and just winding up. (laughs) a batter with like a, a change up or something off speed like man if they know it's coming they're gonna crush that because i feel like in rock paper scissors people are more prone to go rock or paper you know right yeah totally mm-hmm. her so little to to- oh her little talking heads were were the, some of the best parts of the whole show too <laughs> that too like she was such a good sport about it and this like whole operation is kind of a farce there were some athletes that took it a little too seriously some that like had a good time with it and v hudge was one of those athletes that had a good time with it um and it was really funny to to hear her personality come out a little bit elizabeth stop any missed the dance for you yeah i have one um this is a callback to the last episode that i was a guest um host for but um johnny tsunami himself Brandon Baker (laughs) was left off of this bracket and I did some I did look it up apparently he was uh, a replacement when your boy Zac Efron scratched from his games but he was great he plays two sports I mean he surfs he snowboards and he was actually pretty good so that one was a little stings a little 
but he he showed us he knew how to ballroom dance. He got some height to dunk over Monique during that weird event dance mm-hmm. to dunk event that they had to do. He absolutely smoked Jason Earls in the obstacle course. Smoked like, him. Like he he was great. Was, he was great. Was Brandon Baker the one who didn't even use the rope cr- climbing up the rock wall? Yeah, he, he just, just he just scaled it barehanded. And he uh there was um those obstacles that you're supposed to crawl under and he jumped over them. <laughs> athlete. <laughs> athlete. Yeah. Great athlete. All right, y'all. It's time to get down to business. We have our field of 16. We are ready to announce. Let's cue that dramatic music. Here we go. No obstacle can stand in this man's way. Coming in at number one, Shin Koyamada. It's the boy who cried ref. Coming in at number two, it's Kyle Massey. Now batting in the third seed, the captain. Brenda Song. Our number four seed takes Simon Says very seriously. It is number four, Jason Earls. Can he bop to the top of this bracket? Coming in at number five, it's Lucas Grabiel. Ballroom dancing into the number six spot is Monique Coleman. Not exactly sure which one this is, so I can't say anything funny about him. Uh, number seven seed's Dylan Sprouse. <laughs> The first cheetah girl on our list is number eight, Sabrina Bryant. Size does not matter. Coming in at number nine, Moises Arias. Pop, lock, and dropping into the number 10 seed is Corbin Blue. Big 2000s hair energy coming in at number 11, it's Mitchell Musa. Mr. Blue Team himself is coming in at the number 12 seed, it's Cole Sprouse. Singing and dancing her way to the 13 seed is Adrian Bailon. The ultra-competitive number 14 seed is Miley Cyrus. Just keep her away from the eggs. Coming in at number 15, it's Emily Osment. And with hair better than his performance at the number 16 seed, it's Zac Efron. All right, Elizabeth, our 16 Disney Channel Games athletes are here. Do you have any favorites without maybe showing your hand a little too early here? I, I do think there's a potential for a runaway here. Um, oh. But th- there are some um, some potential upsets, like su- surprising uh, upsets we might see here today. All right. Well, let's see if there will be with our number one, Shin Koyamada versus number 16, Zach Efron. Chris, I'll let you take the floor because I know Zach's your boy. Yeah, so uh, I'm a huge Zac Efron fan, if y'all didn't already know that from listening to this podcast. Uh, you know, everyone picks a, a Disney character icon in their Disney Plus profile. Mine is Troy Bolton, of course. <laughs> so when I think about best Disney Channel games athlete, my immediate reaction, because I am into sports, I'm like, I got to break down everyone's performance. I got to see who did great in each event and who maybe cost their team a a W in in each event. As I was going through player by player and watching all of these different Disney Channel games events, I was like, is winning everything? Because there are a few athletes on here that are on for like three seasons and they don't win a whole lot, but they are having such a good time and they are so fun to watch. And so I'm actively rooting for them the whole time. So when I look at best Disney Channel game athlete, I'm really thinking about 
someone who performs on the the field of play yeah but also someone who is having a really good time with this kind of really silly uh, show concept that they've put together here i can agree with that zach efron is neither of those things no so Zac Efron was in uh, one season of Disney Channel games, and it was the very first season in 2006. He was on the red team, and he was captain of the red team, which being a DC Games captain, I don't really know that that really means anything. <laughs> um, in, in the third At season, I think there's... Yeah, in, in the third season, I think there's a little bit more um, activity and, and agency from the captain because... They really do a lot to, to put uh, the teammates together and kind yeah. of like uh, build uh, team camaraderie. But just the way that the first two seasons of DC Games is put together, it's very much like event after event after event. It looks like the kids are in the trailer and they get pulled one by one. So yes. I'm not 100% sure how much captain really means. But Zac Efron is the captain of the red team in 2006. And he has got... Uh, quite an interesting uh, crew on that team. He's got Shin Koyamata, who he is up against here in the first round, as well as Kate Panabaker, Annalise Vanderpool, Dylan Sprouse, and Moises Arias. So when Zach is like standing with the rest of his team, with Dylan Sprouse in particular, it looks like a, a dad with like his family. Uh-huh. Uh, yep. I, was, I was sure to go through and look up everyone's age, uh, when they competed in the DC games. We'll go through those one by one. Zach Efron was 19. He wasn't like too old, but he was definitely like older, a college-aged man. And <laughs> Cole and Dylan Sprouse were like uh, 14. So okay. for the most part, uh, the directors and producers were really good about like pitting competitors together that were similar in age and size. though. So um, there weren't a whole lot of mismatches there. It's just funny to see Zach. Who, who seems like he's a little bit too old for this uh, out there. Yes. So 2006, Zac Efron, uh, you know, he's coming off a high school musical where he plays this athlete, this, this basketball player. Bas- who's like yeah, the star of the team. Specifically basketball. Specifically <laughs> basketball. So you're like, I'm looking at this with my eyes. Zac Efron's a captain. We know he's an athlete. So he's going to go out there and crush it. And he does not do that <laughs> no uh, the very the very first event is this obstacle course that is like so small it is like something you get for a kid's birthday party and zach efron runs it against corbin blue it's the final heat to determine the winner of this event zach runs against corbin blue they have to run it twice because zach accidentally like jumps down the slide or he does like a front flip down the slide or something yeah, he didn't um, slide down the slide. He no, it was two. The final was two rounds. Was two heats. They had to yeah, switch sides. Even before it was that, two laps. Right. He right, got right. he got disqualified because I thought he, that was Shin. They, that happened to both of them, yes, as a matter both. of fact, because <laughs> at the Disney Channel games, safety is first, and you don't want to <laughs> condone any competitors that are cheating and breaking the rules in really unsafe ways. So exactly. uh, Zach Efron ends up running this. Uh, obstacle course thing twice uh, and he wins both times so he does win that event for the red team he also participates in the dunk tank challenge where he has to throw three balls at a dunk tank he makes two of them he probably should make all three because he claims that he was a pitcher in baseball and and he misses one which i mean i mean the pressure's on and he kind of sure. he kind of short arms it and and i think that's the the trap you fall into when you we have a target that's kind of near 
that you need to hit, like you might short arm it. You want to just follow through full pitching motion, give it the gas like you normally would, uh, and go for it. So Zach kind of pulled up a little bit short on the first one. He did hit uh, his next two after he kind of just lobbed it in there. Um, It was either you were like Zach Efron who was like afraid to go all out because if he went all out, he he might compensate, overcompensate and miss his mark. And then you had Cole Sprouse who has obviously thrown a baseball before but did an entire pitcher's wind up and threw so hard but missed. <laughs> like he was he had yeah. great throwing form but like would miss. So I feel like Zach was a little little sketched out and didn't want to embarrass himself like that. Yep. And so I was a little bit embarrassed for him <laughs> in that <laughs> event. Uh, but but they ended up winning the event. Uh three hit three dunks to two was like the final score. Um so you know, they needed those two from Zach and he got them. But the the thing that does it for me is the obstacle course relay. When at the very beginning of the event, they say the first thing our competitors must do is sink a basketball shot and then their teammates do a wheelbarrow race and then their other teammate climbs a rock wall. So Zach Efron's like basketball boy. And you know, they put this event in the Disney Channel games specifically to watch Zach Efron shoot a basketball. So yes. Zach Efron's on the line and Kyle Massey is on the line who is not an athlete at all. And Kyle Massey runs to the ball. Zach Efron runs to the ball. Zach does a little dribble. Nice little jumper. Bricked. Kyle Massey just like grabs it behind his head and just chucks it towards the basket. Rims it. But then the balls come back. Kyle Massey does the same thing. <laughs> drills it. Yep. Second shot. Looks like he has no idea what he's doing. And Zach's down there for like 30 seconds. Probably took six or seven shots for him to make one. And I was like, this is this is so bad. And maybe that's why he never came back, is he was so, so embarrassed <laughs> from that performance. Um, so he was not the best on the field of play. Off the field of play, he acted like he did not really want to be there. No, they did they did these interviews before each match and was like, hey, you know, this match features features a hula hoop. Like, what's your experience with hula hooping? So in this th- that same match where there was like a rock wall, they probably asked the question like, hey, Zach, uh, this event features a rock wall. Are there any mountains you've climbed near your house? And he goes, yeah, there's a mountain by my house called Cardboard Hill and I cr- climb it all the time. And I was like, all right, that sounds made up. So, what did I do? <laughs> I, I did myself a little bit of research on Cardboard Hill, and I was like, I'm going to see if Zach Efron's telling the truth here. So I'm like, where's Zach Efron from? He's from San Luis Obispo. All right, I'm going to go to San Luis Obispo on Google Maps, type in Cardboard Hill, nothing. All right, clearly there's no actual mountain called Cardboard Hill where Zach Efron's from. So I go to Google. I'm like, Cardboard Hill, San Luis Obispo. Third or fourth result was like a community parks forum and there it is a little tiny like sledding hill that's made of astroturf where some little kids in slow ride cardboard boxes down and it's called cardboard hill like zach efron you are a liar there's no mountain it's a little sledding hill he just made that up he exaggerated he didn't lie i don't care it exists don't call it a mountain it's not a mountain uh busted zach efron so, yeah, Zac Efron never came back. I mean, High School Musical was out, Camp Rock was in, and uh, 
yeah, he didn't want to stick around for that transition. Zach is going up against Shin Koyamata, who is the obstacle course king. He ran two obstacle course heats uh, in the first matchup, first round, first Disney Channel games. He was like the first athlete on the line uh, when this whole thing began up against Lucas Graybeal and absolutely destroyed him to kick things off. It was amazing. And you know what Zach Efron said at the end of that race? That Shin is one of the most athletic people he has ever seen. Quote out of Zach Efron's mouth. And, and like that's a theme throughout all the Disney Channel games is all of the other kids talk up Hype. Shin. They're like, dude, mm-hmm. yeah. Shin's Shin's so sick. Like he's so good at sports. He's good at everything. Um I think Brenda Song in season three, two thousand eight, she's like, if I could trade anyone well first of all i would never trade anyone because i love my teammates but <laughs> i would love to have shin on my team because he is so good do you mention where shin's from as far as disney channel goes oh no we should mention that shin is from windy woo homecoming warrior who yep. he was in with brenda song i've never seen that movie uh he says he's trained in martial arts so like i assume that he does some pretty awesome martial arts stuff in windy woo but i couldn't tell you because i've never seen it <laughs> by the by the third season though it just says shin is from disney channel japan so i'm not sure what happened between oh. season two and season three for them to change that i mean he could be double dipping uh something also to consider about shin koyamata he was 24 in his first disney channel games 24 right. 25 and 26 so this was a grown man yes. competing against children <laughs> um, yes which is interesting you could tell yeah, but, I mean, Shin off the field is is super fun, too. I mean, he has a great time in his little interviews. In season one, he's like, oh, I'm a, I'm a professional cycler uh, in Japan, and uh, here's my quads, and he, like, flashes his quads. Uh, in season three, he wins the Sportsmanship Award. Uh, this, is, this is just a great all-around Disney Channel games athlete, and uh, he's going to advance here over the toxic Zac Efron, no problem. <laughs> Yeah, you're right. I have I will talk about Shin in the next matchup because Shin's definitely moving on. Zach had nothing. I couldn't believe how bad he was at shooting a basketball. Although I shouldn't have been surprised, but I was surprised. <laughs> didn't even at one point two of the shots back to back didn't touch a thing. No net, no rim, just air ball. Could not believe it. Number 1 seed's definitely moving on here. Elizabeth, do you agree? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the next matchup. It's number eight, Sabrina Bryan versus number nine, Moises Arias. Sabrina Bryan is from the Cheetah Girls, uh, and she came in in season two, was around season three, didn't do a ton in season three. What's interesting about these uh, shows is they're set up kind of like the Olympics. So you have commentators, you have somebody down on the field uh, announcing the event, And then you also have these interstitials with whatever show Disney Channel was pushing on their audience at the time. So in season one, it was Emperor's New School. So you had Kuzco and Kronk uh, come in as like the the studio crew, almost like TNT halftime show. And it definitely was not David Spade. No. No. And they didn't even try to hide that it wasn't David Spade. Is David Spade on Emperor's New School? Did they get him for the show? Because I've never seen that show. Oh, I don't don't think so. 
It's a very good question. So, so that might have just been the normal Emperor's New School guy. Could have been. Could have been. But either so, way, it's super annoying regardless. It was Kronk, though. It was really Kronk. Yeah, yes. You know, Patrick Warburton doesn't get a lot of jobs. And also, he is uh, Disney's favorite voice actor of all time. Soon you will be airborne. <laughs> oh, um, yeah. I almost forgot. These little beauties. <laughs> Sabrina came in season two where they kind of figured out the games. Season one really lagged because they never actually accounted for if there were ties, if there were uh, things that went wrong that they would have to end up redoing the race, which they did in like the obstacle course. Uh, they didn't account for any mishaps. So they tried to account for that in season two. So she, uh, in season two, they did rock, paper, scissors included with the kind of uh, the big padded jousting matches where you're sitting on podiums. Sabrina, she had a very, very strong base during that. She was up against uh, Keely, who is another cheetah girl. And she just stayed strong and nice and low. And Keely was trying to use her momentum to like push her off. And she would just like move to the side and just let that momentum fly by her. Extremely smart move when you're sitting on a podium to lower that center of gravity. I loved that about her. They did this weird like dance thing. And then once the whistle blew, you could stop dancing. And then you and your partner would go and do some sort of dunk on a eight foot hoop. That was hands down the worst event in all of the Disney Channel games. I hate the worst, the absolute worst event. But what I loved about Sabrina is that instead of like just running up and like doing something, whipped out the one handed cartwheel, you know, that was cool. Acrobatics about it, you know, instead of like some people just walked up and just like tucked it in or tried to do something before. Like it was awful, but that was great. I really liked it. Also, not a great thrower. There's not a whole lot of great throwers in this in these games she wasn't but she did go uh two and one in the dunk tank which was very good considering how awful everybody was throwing um and she got an awesome jump in the hamster ball race uh where they had to like weave through each other she timed that whistle so nicely which is so difficult to do when you're in one of those hamster balls but she was obviously Mm -hmm. counting the count which I think is a very smart athletic move on her part. Really liked it. She's up against Moises. I didn't do my my research. Where is Moises from? Uh, Moises was fr- yeah. Moises was from Hannah Montana. Moises was 12, 13, and fourteen years old. He was the youngest competitor on the Disney Channel games. He is twenty two years old now, and he looks. Pretty funny. He was in um, King of Staten Island, if you saw that, Pete Davidson's movie. Yeah. He's like one of the best friends. He plays like a sketchy dude because he looks like a sketchy dude. Yeah, he plays one of the best friends. They go to his house and he like gives him a tattoo. I think they're on the beach and the kid wants a tattoo, you know, that whole thing. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Wow. Would never mean that. They're like really good buddies. Him and MGK, like that, they all run together. Oh, but like gosh. the MGK, like Machine Gun Kelly. Yeah, him and Pete Davidson are like BFFs. And Moises Arias. They're all they're all friends. <laughs> what? <laughs> no, that's a gang I would never want to cross paths with. <laughs> oh my god. 
Holy but if you watched, would you have expected me to say that if you just knew what Moises Arias from this these three <laughs> seasons of television? I didn't even know where Moises was from to begin with. So I mean, that- <laughs> I, apparently Moises Arias also directed like eight uh, Jalen Smith music videos. So. Yeah, yeah, that sounds right. They're friends with him too. All right, so apparently Moises is the most connected human being in Hollywood, and he was a little boy during these games. When I say little, he was young and he was small. There's, uh, I'm gonna jump to season three. They're playing human foosball. Human foosball has a a pipe that goes across the field. Everyone holds onto it. You're also tethered to it. Usually, it's around people's like waist. You're standing like you're standing up at a desk and holding that pole. My poor guy Moises. His tether was up in his armpits, and he was holding it up like he was uh, on a, a like a Harley motorcycle. That's how high his like arms were up. Little little boy, ton of energy, a ton of it. He was not very good at most of the events, unfortunately. Um, small boy, I you can't really tell the distance in that dunk tank throw. But he made it look like it was 90 feet. He did. He did. Like he, everyone was zipping it or at least lobbing it into the target. He lobbed it and it fell just short. Like he, he was putting a lot of everything behind it. But I kind of liked his, his uh, competitive side. He was trash talking yeah. throughout the, all three seasons. He was very confident. You were saying that um, some of... Who are you saying their confessionals were were pretty good? V Hudge. V Hudge. V Hudge. So was Moises. Moises yeah. delivered these like talking head confessionals as if like this was his new role, which it was. This is all very like, you know, stylized show. But he took it so like he played the part of I'm a, a dumb Disney Channel athlete and I'm going to tell these emotional stories and, and whatever. I really like that. He did use that shortness to his advantage in season two when they did have to do the uh, the obstacle relay race. He really used his his smallness to an advantage to really slither through that first leg of the relay race, it, which I was happy to see. It was mind-blowing. It was mind-blowing yeah. to me how quick he was on that. And was it that made because- me think like, wow, these events really are designed for children. Was it the small, the inflatable obstacle course that he just flew through? That are you talking about that one? Because he, mm-hmm. yep, it was unbelievable. Yep, it was awesome. Um, and he, <laughs> the uh, <laughs> in that dumb dance dunk thing, uh, poor guy got straight up Simbud to get up to the the rim in order to dunk. Uh, because so even funny, if the though. even so if the rim funny. was. And and that was obvious. Like he played in that was his thing. He yeah. played into it, right? Yeah. And that's yeah. what makes him great as like a Disney Channel athlete yeah. is even if you're bad, because we don't actually expect you to be good necessarily, unless you're Zach Efron who's in like a partial sports movie. Um, then this is what we expect. A good show. And he put on a great show. He did in that foosball bar up to his net game, he did get a nice goal. And he got the game-winning goal to get the crown in the championship match. So my boy came in clutch. He was ready. He was ready to fire when it came to him, but it didn't come to him very often. 
This matchup is uh, difficult because we have uh, Moises, who was there for all three seasons, and you have Sabrina, who was only there for two. And even in the third, uh, she didn't really show up much. The most prominent part of season three that she shows up in is when they're running that that obstacle course uh, where they're all holding onto ropes and having to like weave through different obstacles as one big human snake. And at one point, someone, three of them are blindfolded. So they have to like communicate to get them through the obstacle course. And she was barking like she was like letting everyone know where the next obstacle was, how to stay low while across the the side across the field was David Henry, who absolutely botched it for his team as the team captain. And she like was running it. So I really liked that about her. Uh, unfortunately, though, I think that the 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 spirit of Moises, even if he's not necessarily the greatest athlete, propels him over this because he's he feels way more Disney Channel, way more over the top, way more corny. Then Sabrina, who may have taken things a little too seriously, she was very competitive, but I think she's still she's a, a, a good athlete uh, in her own right. But I think Moises really embodies that Disney Channel Games athlete aura about him. So I'm going to go with the 9-8 upset here. Yeah, I think um, this was an interesting time for the Cheetah Girls. This was post-Raven Cheetah Girls. So it was like just Sabrina and Keely and Adrienne. And they brought in all three of them to compete in the 2007 and 2008 Disney games. Uh, I mean, I'm kind of with you on Sabrina. She's she's a decent athlete. I really was impressed by her. They called it a joust. I don't know if you really would call that a joust in the Extreme Rock, Paper, Scissors, uh, where she was just solid on that uh, podium and let Keeley come to her. I think that's a great strategy for that event. Um, and also, like you said, the hamster ball, she was great as well uh, that year. Um, but I, 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 the Cheetah Girls also did like a few concerts. Like that was another like weird component to the Disney Channel games was like random concerts <laughs> thrown in and the yeah. Cheetah Girls did several. So, uh, she, she was all over this Disney Channel games. Her face was at least, uh, even if she didn't compete, um, at an extremely high level. I am with you on Moises. I think he was sort of a liability in the first season of Disney Channel games, <laughs> Yes. Uh, he went up against Brenda's song in the hamster ball relay where the hamster balls kind of crisscrossed with one another. <laughs> Your boy got absolutely mowed down mm -hmm. in that thing. His feet left the ground when Brenda mm -hmm. just like, bah, got him. Yeah. Uh, and that was, that was pretty embarrassing to watch. Like there was no way Moises was going to win that event. And I don't think we ever saw him in a hamster ball again after that. <laughs> no. Um, Mo Moises is also not very good at Simon Says. He was in the second wave of cuts uh, in 2006, and he did not last very long in 2007 either. But I love the way Moises pleads his case when he's eliminated from anything. <laughs> um, yeah. Just his size and complaining that just it goes together perfectly. Uh, yeah, I'm with you. I'm going Moises with the upset here. Uh, Elizabeth, do you agree with that? Anything else to say about Sabrina? No, I agree with you guys. The jousting, her jousting um, technique was just impeccable. But yeah, I think Moises was a little bit stronger. All right, well, let's move down to the next matchup. It's number four, Jason Earls versus number 13, Adrienne Bailon. I don't know if that's how you say it. I'm not a huge Cheetah Girls fan, so it's probably incorrect. But uh, it's another Cheetah Girl. 
So, Jason Earls uh, is from Hannah, Montana. I, I can't remember what character he is. I feel like he's like really good friends with with the family. Maybe he's a neighbor or something like that. I he's the brother. He's the, her older brother. Ah, he's her <laughs> older brother. That's right. Uh, uh, all I knew is he talks uh, like Billy Ray, kind of. Okay, so he's the brother. Jason Earls was 29, 30, and 31 years old when he was on the Disney Channel games. I am watching this guy perform, and I'm like, dang, this dude is, like, killing it. And I'm like, oh, he's literally older than me. <laughs> People always compare him. Uh, they say that he's Hawkeye in the MCU because he looks mm. just like what's-his-name. And... Yeah. would probably be around the same age because he was so old during Hannah Montana. There was just a I had stat. absolutely no idea. Because it was John Cena's birthday the other day, so there was a stat floating around that Jason Earls and John Cena are the same age. Oh, my Amazing. gosh. So funny. So uh, Jason Earls, I would compare Jason Earls to like DJ LeMahieu where he is a competitor on the field, and he is serious about it. Uh, he, he doesn't really do anything extremely flashy. Uh, he's not going to be the fastest guy on the obstacle course. He's not going to blow your mind. He's just a little bit better than everyone at everything. He, yes. I, I think probably his like biggest talent is Simon Says. And like that makes sense. When you're 30 years old doing Simon Says against a 12-year-old, you should win that <laughs> So he won in 2007. He should have won in 2006, but he conceded to Monique Coleman, uh, which was uh, you know awesome, good sport thing to do. Yeah, Probably great. what I would do if I was a 29-year-old man as well. Uh, Monique Coleman well, was 26 years old, so she wasn't that much younger than Jason <laughs> Earls in that moment. But uh, we have grown adults playing Simon Says. Uh, Jason Earls won two championships. He's got two DC Games rings, which... Uh, I mean, I think he was a very valuable asset in 2006 and 2008 when he won both of those rings. Oh, I agree. Mm -hmm. Earls is going up against Adrian Bailon, who, you know, I, I think I feel like I like her more than Sabrina. I think she is a little bit more present in the locker room uh, in 2008 when they're in those tents that Red Team had. I thought a really good chemistry. Uh, Brenda was the captain, but Jason and Adrienne both, I think, displayed really strong leadership qualities off the field. Uh, Adrienne was uh, final three in Simon Says in 2007. <laughs> and uh, this dunk contest, man. Uh, you mentioned uh, Moises on, on Adrienne's shoulders. Yeah. I thought that the red team that year was absolutely robbed. In the in the judging, they got like oh, yeah. two sevens mm -hmm. and a nine or something. Yeah, and big time. And it's those cringe type events where like you want to see people have fun with it. That's sure. really the only way we're all gonna get through this event together is if someone, <laughs> yeah, doesn't take it too it. seriously. And I felt that Adrian and Moises both did that in that dunk contest event. Um, was super cute to see Adrian hold Moises's hand like while they were being judged, like they were on Dancing with the Stars or something. It was yeah. hilarious. Um, <laughs> uh, and but you know, Adrian, I don't have any lowlights for her. Kind of how I, I like to approach all these athletes is like, let me write down their highlights, let me write down their lowlights. I don't have a single lowlight for Adrian. There are a lot of athletes on this bracket that really mess things up for their team. 
Adrian never really did that. But at the same time, she never really did a whole lot to put her team out in front either. She did get a championship with Inferno in 2008, but I think Earls is, is the pretty easy winner in this matchup here. There were some low low lights for Adrian for me. She had no hands when it came to the egg catch, unfortunately. She had clammy hands, as she said, during the hamster ball where she was running and kept tumbling down because she was trying to also run with her hands, like spin the ball as she ran uh, and she kept falling over and she and her like post game interview said that she had clammy hands and it just kept slipping. But she did make it to the final three. If Simon says you're right. Uh, she took down her opponent who I don't remember who it was. I think it was the Italian girl in rock, paper, scissors uh, in, oh in the like, battle Royale gosh. arena. Uh, I need to, I need to actually check on that um, because that was 2007. Yeah. Uh, stand she by, like stand came by, in and by, was like by, flexing by. on her before rock, paper, scissors even started. And I was like, you're setting yourself up for a so she went up. Defeat. She went, so she went up, she went up against Julia with a G uh, yes. who was on green team. Julia went up two zero and yeah. blew a two zero lead to mm-hmm. Adrian. Yeah. So uh-huh. I was like, Oh, Adrian, your your uh your career's off to a great start. If you're already showing this perseverance, like you're ready to take it on. Uh, and then she hit the robot during the dunk contest, and I said, "Oh, no, that was great." I guess no, not. I was in. Um, yeah, I was into that. I, I was like, "That's the move you whip out in a dance slash dunk contest." Because if you start trying to do some crazy choreo, you look like you're trying too hard. And like the robot is the perfect girl. move for this. Not if you're a cheetah girl. Expected more out of a cheetah girl. I'm with you, Jason Earls. Moving on, Elizabeth. Do you agree? Yep, I agree. Um, Adrian, I will say, I think Chris mentioned to mention this. Her little cheer that she made up for the red team, her Inferno season three, amazing. Just it was the <laughs> best. They if there was a contest for best cheer, they would have won that. So, no, I the yellow team had the best cheer hands down when they flew Moises Arias like Rey Mysterio into the air like that's Spider-Man. not a cheer that's just uh you just throwing them in the air their their chant was the best red red team that year had the best like villain energy when they were all doing the cheers they had pretended like they were asleep oh yes right. like they, they also were, like, savage they also deflated all the chairs in the yellow team's tent <laughs> and they brenda were, brenda's brenda's songs talking head for that part was like yeah, we did what we had to do. Like, you mess with us, we'll mess with you. It was amazing. I love that energy. I love that DC Games energy. Let's move on to the next matchup. It's number five, Lucas Grabiel. How do you pronounce this Gra- guy's name? Grabiel. Grabiel. Grabiel, which I did not know, which I did not know, because I've been saying Gabriel this whole time. That's not even spelled like Grabiel. Grabiel. <laughs> Versus number 12, Cole Sprouse. Lucas is from High School Musical. Of course. Cole Sprouse is from Sweet Life, Zach and Cody, obviously. Uh, Lucas came in ready to play the part, it felt like. Um, in his first talking head, he was a little too aggressive for me. He came in and he was like, yeah, I'm ready for these games. Uh, I hope that I get, I hope they, what do you say? I hope that they match me up with a girl. Yeah, I was and weird. then yeah. did like a weird laugh and then said, no, I'm just kidding. And then did one of the kind of like wink and nods, like very mid 2000s energy 
uh, is obviously written for him, I'm sure. But and then still. didn't he do that again in 2007 when he was talking about the dunk tank? The entire time he had this very like sass energy, which in which he was like attacking women <laughs> or like putting down women. It's weird, yeah. During uh-huh. it was weird, it, weird energy. Um, he was another one in the hamster ball like race that had great timing. Uh counting the the whistle down and, and getting a good jump off the line which i think is very important for that race because if you get out ahead in that hamster ball that makes up for time in which you're inevitably gonna fall or run into something so you got to get that quick jump so i really like that about him he was very annoying in the dunk uh tank thing he was doing a ton of taunting while he was in there taunting moises uh he missed the first nailed the second and he even said that he was a pitcher in Little League, which is why in season two, he said that he had been playing for six years. And that's why he was the pitcher in High School Musical 2. He didn't necessarily show it during this dunk tank competition because he definitely missed the first, nailed the second, and then missed the final throw. So those six years did nothing for you, Lucas. Well, he actually did hit the money ball in 2007. It was like the final, final throw, and he had to sink Phil. And it was like you get one shot, and they, they put like three European guys who've never thrown a ball before up against Lucas. It was like served to him on a platter. Like this was the one thing he wanted to do was to show how good he was at throwing a ball. And he, and he did hit it, but it was like, all right, cool, dude. You hit yeah, it. yeah. He made it seem like he wanted to be the villain of the Disney Channel games, um, yeah. which I don't know if that's a great Disney Channel games athlete, uh, especially with the vibe that these competitions were giving off. Like, I don't know that we needed a villain, but he tried to fill that part. Uh, he also came in in the final three in season two. Maybe it was season one. It must have been season one. Yeah, season one. He came in in the final three in season one in Simon Says. He was a little squirrely. He, uh, there were a couple times he should have been kicked out, but they didn't see it. Uh, and then he was absolutely targeted in the uh, Simon Says round in season three by Phil, who came down off of the, the podium and called him out and then ended up tricking him into, I think, smiling. I think he said Simon well, Says. He got, he got singled out both times, and he survived it in 2006. But in 2007, it was Brian Stimpanic who is so annoying to me. Yes, but Brian. He's kind Brian, of sorry. he's 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 kind of funny as a Simon Says host. I like when he just like roasts people. He's like, boom, gone, 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 you're out. Uh, and he went down there and he like gave Lucas this like hug and he was like, hug me back. And then Lucas oh, that's like right. literally like flinched and raised his yeah. arms. They were like, you're gone. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Some of the energy in Simon Says was a little weird. Like. It- there were some moments that were a little uncomfortable. Simon says as an event during this was the mistake and they did it year after year. I did not want to watch Simon says because it took so long because you had 30 year olds like Jason that were just like paying attention (laughs) the entire time. I didn't want to see it. Lucas did fine in it. He survived pretty long, uh, but was targeted. You said that you didn't like Brian, I loved Brian. I thought that Brian's energy met what it 
needed to be for the Disney Channel games and it could have gone over and he never did it. And so even during the um the events when they were obviously like rewatching and then dubbing over the like commentary, the jokes were so funny to me. I thought that him and Phil did a great job as hosts of these games. Um, but did you fast forward through like the in-between segments where of course I, of course Brian I and Phil? Of course I did. Well, I didn't. I sat through them and that's why I don't like either of them is because this show was 50%, maybe even like 30% actual Disney Channel games action and anywhere between 50 and 70% Brian and Phil making stupid jokes and telling people to go to Disney.channel.com. Okay. Yes, that's completely fair. I didn't do that, though. I skipped through it because I was looking for an athlete. <laughs> I think because you didn't watch Disney Channel growing up, right? No. So they were the stars, obviously, the adult stars of Sweet Life of Zach and Cody. So I think that they're, this was great for them in the summer because like kids got to like watch their favorite show and like their favorite actors oh, okay. and like they okay. were all in it. Sure. And their energy in the Disney Channel games is exactly their energy in the sweet life of Zach and Cody. One hundred percent exactly the same. There uh Lucas is up against Cole Sprouse. Uh the Sprouse brothers not great athletes in general. Um they're they're just at the time probably the most famous uh, Disney Channel stars or at least the, the peak of fame of the Disney Channel stars. So, of course, they were going to be on it. They did all three seasons. Uh, Cole was an absolute silent assassin in Rock, Paper, Scissors in season one, which I really liked. He didn't talk a lot of smack. He just played the game and ended up uh, winning, even when his brother thought that he won in the final matchup. I think that Cole threw Rock, Dylan threw Scissors, and Dylan slapped the Rock hand as if he won when really he didn't like Cole was just a silent assassin. Um, he's the one that I brought up that obviously can throw. He's obviously played baseball or, or throwing sport of sorts. And he had a fantastic game for the second, but threw too hard for the other two, uh, in the dunk tank challenge. He didn't put much up. He didn't put up much of a fight in rock, paper, scissors in season two, because there's a much more physical aspect to it with the jousting uh, he got, I think, unfairly kicked out of Simon Says during that season as well. I think there was a technicality in his movement and they were just trying to get people out because the game takes too long. So why are we playing it to begin with? Who knows? Uh, and he absolutely ruined it for his team during the rope uh, obstacle course by skipping a tire as they were running through uh, the the everyone holds onto a rope. Somebody's blindfolded. Absolutely ruined it he did score some goals in foosball though so i guess that's fine i think that in this matchup like it's tough because lucas is obviously in my opinion he's obviously the better athlete but he his aura was so villainous that didn't quite match the energy of the rest of the competition in the field while cole was definitely matching the energy because everyone wanted to match the sprouse energy of like having fun, being aggressive, talking smack, being goofy, uh, and then just trying to get out there and compete as best as he can. So I don't know. This is tough. I I think what I'm I think in this round I'm a I'm a skew athlete. I'm gonna go Lucas in this round. Number five's moving on. Um, Lucas was a little bit sketchy to me 
Um, particularly hmm. in the first season, 2006, he ran the hamster ball relay three times. That's uh, right. One of them was like a rerun because they did something weird and like, let's run it again. Uh, and then he randomly got to run in the championship round against Corbin yeah. Blue, who had not stepped into a hamster ball yet. Uh, yes, Lucas did win the championship heat, but I, I feel like he should not have run. And Corbin said that. He was like, I don't like this is my first time, and Lucas has run three times. I don't know why this is this is not fair. Lucas got burnt by Shin twice. I mean, anyone would get burnt by Shin, but like Lucas didn't even make it close. Lucas did win a championship in 2007, um, and part of that was attributed to his Moneyball shot in the dunk tank. I would say that's, yeah, I I just feel like he's kind of a one trick pony, you know, with with him throwing a baseball. And in 2006, he didn't even really do that good of a job throwing a baseball. Uh, it kind of felt like he had this one really big play. Uh, Cole also won a championship. Uh, in season one. Yep. Uh, with, you know, th- that rock, paper, scissors, 3-2 win over his brother. Uh, did go 1-3 in the dunk tank, like you said, throw some gas. To me, his throwing motion looks a little bit like football. Looks like he's kind of going a, a little bit more cross-body and a little bit less, like, uh, forward through his lower body. Sure. Both of the Sprouses were pretty bad at trivia. There was that weird trivia event in 2006 yeah. that they never did again, but, like, they were they were little. They were 14, so... I'm not going to hold that against him. Cole was, by my math, the only athlete to compete on the same team for three years. Um, And that was Cole, Mr. Blue, which we mentioned in the uh, seeding intros. I honestly like Cole here. Um, I I think the fact that he uh, was was a steady presence for three years on the same team, won a championship – uh, wasn't particularly a liability. Uh, I I want to talk more about this tire thing that you mentioned in 2008, uh, maybe on the next episode. But uh, I'm, I'm going to advance him here, and I'm going to excuse him for that for now. So, Elizabeth, this one's going to a tiebreaker. It's going to you. Yeah, this one's tough. I think I think they're evenly matched as far as, like, athletic feats go. Um, so I'm going to take it to, like, the personality side and – Cole and Dylan's little like talking heads, little interviews were so funny. Like their energy as little, whatever, 13 year olds was really funny and just very Disney. Um, And it was very wholesome. Like it's Disney. It was wholesome. Whereas like Kyle said, Lucas's was creepy. Um, So I'm going (laughs) to give it to Cole here as well. All right. Let's hop over to the other side of the bracket where we have the number two seed Kyle Massey versus number 15. Emily Osmond, Kyle Massey. Kyle Massey might be the perfect Disney Channel Games athlete. Kyle Massey was the last place team in 2006, 2007, and 2008. He is the furthest thing from a winner of any Disney Channel Games athlete ever. And he was the captain in 2007. Yep. The thing is, no one had more fun at the Disney Channel Games than Kyle Massey. He was so into it. And at first it was a little bit uncomfortable and a little bit like exhausting to watch him get so into it. But I think what did it for me was was the very first rock, paper, scissors in 2006 when he went up against Moises. That matchup was a real highlight for me in all of Disney Channel games. 
and seeing them get so into something that was so stupid, I was like, this yeah. is it. Like, mm-hmm. this yeah. is this is it right here. Um, it's not Lucas being serious about throwing a baseball. It's these two actors being silly about something silly um, and pretending like it's serious. So I love that Kyle Massey brought that energy year after year after year, and it wasn't about who won or lost. Uh, but all of that stuff aside, Kyle Massey has quite the redemption arc when it comes to athleticism. Uh, he, he started off, I don't want to say a total liability because, I mean, he got three last place finishes, so like, uh, who, it doesn't really matter. Um, but season one, he was an absolute liability. Uh, yeah, and, and, and I think for me, the primary thing was trivia. He was really, really bad at trivia. He did not watch Disney Channel, and it showed. Uh, also, he was the first one eliminated in the egg toss, which, you know what? It should have been Miley Cyrus. That egg toss was sketchy as hell. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. What are the what are the rules for this egg toss? Apparently, you can drop eggs, and I yep. don't know if they hard boiled the eggs or what. But like, there were eggs flying all over the place. People dropping eggs, and like, people are just staying in the game. That that shot went lower. That toss went like twenty five feet behind her, over <laughs> yeah. her head, and it's and landed like, perfectly. It's fine. No cracks in the egg. No, so, and the, that arena floor was bouncing those eggs. Did you see how high? I think it was to. <laughs> To Monique, I think it hit her in like the, the <laughs> collarbone after bouncing. Yeah. yeah. Incredible. It was like they were like MLB catchers blocking <laughs> right. balls in the dirt. Um and, and that is where that like YouTube poor quality comes into play. It's like we can kind of only half see what's going on here, especially with the egg toss. I'm like, where's the egg? I don't yeah. know. Help me, Brian and Phil. Who got eliminated? <laughs> so so yes, Kyle was the first eliminated there, but I mean, that whole thing is kind of a farce. And like, he did drain that bucket, though, like up against Zach Efron. Like, that was so clutch. And that was when I first kind of like turned on Kyle Massey. I was like, maybe, maybe he's the guy. Maybe this isn't about Lucas and Shin and Zach. Maybe this is, <laughs> this whole thing should be more about Kyle. I mean, he goes on to have some pretty impressive athletic moments in 2007. He's like dribbling between the legs on the basketball. It was like mm-hmm. he was embarrassed that he was so bad at basketball in 2006. He was like, I'm going to play a bunch of basketball. I'm going to come back really good. And he's like dribbling between the legs during the dunk contest. I'm like, okay. And he tries a little yeah. 360 dunk. He missed it twice, but like he also could have made it twice. He was really close. In 2007, he also goes three for three on the dunk tank okay. throws. Yeah. Which is, I mean, three for three, that's. Really freaking good. I don't know if I could go three for three. Um, and he also got dunked three times, like two, you know? Yeah. He's the dunker and he went three for three. Like Kyle Massey just really seems like the complete package to me when it comes to a DC Games athlete, even though he got last place three years in a row. He's going up against Emily Osment, which she's really bad at the Disney Channel games. Uh, <laughs> she, did, she did win Rock, Paper, Scissors. Uh, in a 3-1 final score. But like Staub just said, she threw an egg so far over Miley Cyrus's head. That egg should have exploded on the back wall of the gymnasium and it somehow like stayed intact. I don't know how, I don't know how you, you miss a toss that, that bad. Um, But they stayed in. I don't know. I don't know how that happened. 
In 2006, she also was eliminated in the second wave of Simon Says cuts. Um, not great. She almost blew the mountain climbing uh, section of the relay race to Kay Pannebecker. Like, uh, Kyle got them out to such a strong lead, and Emily Osment almost just completely blew the whole thing. It was so close. Is that in season two? Uh, that was in season one. Okay. Because in season two, she was running against My, Maya, oh, Mayara Walsh. Yeah, and, right. and Mayara and Walsh veered. swerved into her lane, mm-hmm. and then Emily like did a little like dip on her, and and yeah. she like re- she like redeemed herself from yep. that rock climbing mishap in season yep. one. Um, so that was that. really that was yeah that was really one like positive aspect of Emily Osmond's game. But uh, that second year, she also came back with an improved egg toss game. She oh, yeah. made it a she made it a lot deeper into the matchup, but she misread a throw. So bad. It was such a good throw. She ran in on the throw and then tried to catch it over her shoulder and it just like went between her hands. So I was like, you just stood there. It would have gone right to you. Also, I know we haven't talked about Miley Cyrus yet. Can't wait to dive into Miley Cyrus as a DC Games athlete, but they have, they go head to head, Emily and Miley Cyrus in the rock, paper, scissors matchup, the extreme one where they have to joust against each other. And they both showed a complete disregard for the rules where they, they were like using hands and like pushing each other on the podium, like barehanded. And uh, I am not here for that kind of like rule breaking at all, especially in the Disney Channel games where rules and safety are number one. Uh, Kyle Massey, I mean, I just love the guy. Emily Osment, there's very, very little to love there as a DC game athlete. As an actress, I think Emily Osment's great. I'm a huge fan of Young and Hungry, the sitcom she was in in 2015. I think that was an incredible show. Um, but I have her losing here against Kyle Massey. No problem. Yeah, I think I'm going to do the same thing. Emily, the the redeeming quality was that she, I thought, uh, like I said, made that really nice move at the wall when her opponent kind of swerved into her lane, which for anybody else could have been detrimental to to the race. And yet she took yeah. it like a champ. Uh, I loved that. But that that clutch catch was not quite there. And then, as I said earlier, I didn't watch a ton of the, the interviews in the middle parts and anything else that wasn't competition. So I don't really know how she was talking head wise and, and big personality wise. Bad. Um, bad bad so i and she kind of showed it on she didn't do a lot as far as like personality wise and competition like some of her other opponents and her teammates so i think that kyle is definitely a a more fuller package in this matchup number two is moving on stop do you agree i i do um my one of my first notes from my rewatch was kyle massey is a star and i really (laughs) am disappointed that he we didn't get to see more of him like just in general in the world Um, cause he, he is a star. His talking heads were amazing. He's great. But yeah, Emily Osment did not have the energy. I don't think she wanted to be there. Um, I don't know if you guys want to talk about this now or when we talk about it with Miley, but there's like some beef with her and Miley. And no so way. I, yeah, they didn't really get along that well. I don't think in the show, um, allegedly. Um, so that like that bit where they're like fighting was probably real. Like that's probably oh, them like man. trying to fight each other. Oh man! Apparently they're like good now, but there was I guess there's they didn't like each other right when the show ended. They probably both had a crush on thirty year old Jason Earl. (laughs) (laughs) 
Oh, man. All right, let's move on to the next matchup. It's number seven, Dylan Sprouse versus number 10, Corbin Blue. Uh, there's not, honestly, a ton that I like out of Dylan Sprouse. In fact, there's not anything that I like out of Dylan Sprouse. He's definitely the <laughs> most unathletic of the two Sprouse brothers. Uh, he didn't do a ton to help his team out with a lot. He took a uh, a two-to-one lead in rock, paper, scissors in season one, and then blew that 2-1 lead, thought he won against his brother, overcompensated, looked like an idiot. Uh, he really basically just bullied his brother off of the podium onto the mat during season two's rock, paper, scissors to kind of, I think, overcompensate for the fact that he just wasn't good at any of these competitions and then showed up in season three and literally did nothing. He was kind of just there uh, because he was the hottest uh Disney Channel star of the time. Uh, he's up against Corbin Blue, who has a ton of personality that I feel like they didn't really capitalize on during the events. Uh, he He's kind of this like competitive, athletic, nice guy. Uh, and he showed that throughout the entire thing. He even like when he was robbed of that hamster ball race after going up against Lucas, who had already ran it three times, was a good sport about it while still calling out the fact that it was not fair. I really liked his obstacle ra- obstacle course race in the first season. Just headfirst bulldozer. He just went, went, went. But you know what I found in the first season? My boy has no upper body strength. Anytime he hit that rock wall, that climbing wall, Zach passed him. And I was like, okay, maybe it was just like in that first season, he just didn't know what to expect, didn't know what to do. Season two? Same thing. Gets passed on the rock wall. Struggles on the rock wall to lift himself over. And he even in his like post game mentions how hard it was to get over that wall. You had people like Shin who was like taking one bounce and like hopping over these walls and Corbin couldn't climb it. I, I have something to say about that. And because I noticed that as well. And I noticed a few athletes. Ashley Tisdale's another one who really, really struggled with that wall. And I've I've never climbed one of those or if I have it's been a while and I don't really remember but what it looked like to me was that the strategy for climbing up that is to grab the rope really really high because if you grab the rope near your center of mass it's it's like there's too much slack in the rope and if you try to like um put your weight into it you'll you'll kind of like swerve to the side and I think that was what Corbin Blue was doing so we saw people like Brandon and people like Shin go for the handholds first and then use the rope to pull them over the top. I think that was a strategy thing and maybe not necessarily an upper body strength thing. All right. Regardless, he was bad at climbing those walls. <laughs> Sorry, my over-analysis of sports <laughs> science. <laughs> no, and I, I appreciate it. He just was bad at climbing the walls no matter what. He came in a little too hot out the gate uh, during his first turn which basically buried him in the hamster race. He tried to accelerate through and beat that whistle, and he ended up like falling down, which is doom when you're running in these hamster balls. And that was in season one. He was able to dunk with Keely on his back uh, during the dunk contest, which I was like, okay, see, no upper body strength. My boy's all legs. <laughs> Piggyback into the dunk. That was the most embarrassing attempt at a dunk ever they clearly were not on the same page with executing that piggyback dunk no there was 
probably three of those dunks in which obviously the two, the couple didn't communicate beforehand what the plan was. There was a lot of messiness in that. It was a dumb event to begin with. I did like that they let him dance a little though. Because like I feel yeah. like it was always the girl dancing and the guy would dunk and I like that he, they let him dance a little. Yeah. He was definitely known as the dancer because even in season three, Simon Says, one of the Simon Says was to dance like Corbin and everyone had to do that. So I think it was definitely expected. He didn't last very long in the egg toss, unfortunately. He couldn't make it out of the gate in season two's hamster ball, but then came back from behind to knock down a pin last minute because I think he was up against either Mitchell or Jason and the pin didn't quite fall on the ground yet. Uh, and he was able to sneak in a victory, but he got tricked so easily in Simon Says uh, in season in season two, and it was very disappointing. So uh, Corbin is just more athletic than Dylan, and I think showed a little bit more uh, uh, spice out on the field of play. Even though I I'm sure that Dylan and his uh, talking heads was fantastic and great Disney Channel energy. But Corbin just felt more like the the Disney Channel games athlete to me. I'm moving number 10 on. To me, Corbin Blue is the Jerickson Profar of the Disney Channel games. And if you don't know who Jerickson Profar <laughs> oh, no. is, he was the number one prospect in baseball for about three years. They said he would be a 30-30 threat. That's 30 home runs and 30 stolen bases a season for the foreseeable future. He hit a home run in his first ever major league at bat and was just kind of an okay player ever since. That's Corbin Blue to me. <laughs> I think that he came onto the Disney Channel games in the peak of High School Musical, which, as I said about Zach, was this movie about athletes, and it really made you think of Zach and Corbin as good athletes because they played athletes in this movie that you know so well. And I mean, I was I was fooled by Lucas. I didn't really realize how good of an athlete he was because he played this theater guy, which if you lean into stereotypes, arts people traditionally aren't great athletes. But if you watch High School Musical 2 and you watch I Don't Dance, you know Lucas can play pitcher and throw a baseball. Corbin Blue just to me strung together disappointing performance after disappointing performance. Um like we're talking about with the relay, he lost twice back to back to Zach Efron, where he was ahead at the turn twice. Uh, not a great look. Uh, lost in the finals on the hamster ball relay against Lucas under protest. Yes, he was a good sport about it, like you said, <laughs> Kyle. But he he did he did lose, right? Uh, he was out in the second wave of Simon Says cuts in 2006. The 2007 hamster ball relay. That you were talking about where like he just barely lost. Or did he just barely win? I can't remember. He just barely won. Remember. He just barely won. Sketchy because he did not knock down one of the pegs in the first half of that event. So I kind of felt he could have been disqualified for that. In 2007, I don't know. I think this was right around when his movie came out. What was it called? Step Up or Dance Up or... Was, jump, it, was that the jump rope jump, one? Jump, yeah. jump in? up, jump, jump in. in. That's the one. I felt like they were they were like um, testing out Corbin Blue as like a top tier Disney Channel celebrity. Sure. Yeah. Uh -huh. and, mm -hmm. and to me, it felt like they were giving him the stage 
a little bit in the 2007 games, which is the second season he was on. Uh, they did the thing where they handed him the razor during Simon Says uh, yeah. to like maybe get him to shave his, like, you know, he, he weren't going to do that. But um, it was just like a little extra spotlight on him. He did a concert, which like I didn't realize Corbin Blue had a music career, um, but but they got he was like the first act to do a Disney Channel Games concert ever. He was a, a Disney Mania artist. Oh, yeah, that's a, right. He was. That's right. He did a Tarzan song. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think he sings in Jump In, or he at least has a song on the sure. soundtrack. Sure. <laughs> um, and also they, they awarded him the one million point card in that dunk uh, dance dunk contest. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I just got a really bad taste in my mouth with that whole like 2007 season with Corbin blue. And again, like there's not really a whole lot of moments for me where I see Corbin blue, like dominating the competition. Um, he was just okay off the field for me, like in the player interviews and stuff. Um, he's going up against Dylan Sprouse, who was a captain um, did actually win a championship as captain of the green team in 2006. Uh, Dylan Sprouse, uh, I thought he performed very well in the egg toss in 2007. I compare his egg toss throwing form to Snappa. Or if you don't know yeah. what Snappa is, uh, like lobbing a tennis ball up before you serve it. Like he's got that kind of like finger roll motion where he's just really like setting it up on a shelf. Uh, his teammate was Pax Baldwin, and Pax dropped a super catchable egg uh, to eliminate them in that competition. Dylan also won the uh, siblings four-way tug of war in 2008 um, with uh, one of the Jonas's, Joe or Kevin. I can't remember which one it was. Joe. Um, Joe. He, he was, he was, uh, Dylan was the front man on that, on that tug of war team. Dylan was on uh, Disney Channel Games for three years. Uh, I really like him here over Corbin Blue, pretty much in every aspect. So this tiebreak's going to Elizabeth. Oh man, um, this one's hard. It was interesting watching the High School Musical stars slowly like um, get killed off the Disney Channel games <laughs> each season, um, yes. and like just not be around anymore. Um, whereas the the Sprouse twins got their whole own segment in the the beginning of season three where they were like that was a, a, little weird. a limo yeah. by themselves or something very odd. Um, Corbin Blue had like the funniest bit in the first season. They gave him this like weird anxiety about something. Um, and I can't remember what it was, but it was so he de- <laughs> like just deadpanned it and it was so funny. Um, I think I'm going to go Sprouse on this. Um, just because I think he did he did show up a little bit more in terms of you know he's they were small and little and compared to Corbin Blue I think like his athleticism versus what you expect out of what you expect out of him and what you expect out of Corbin Blue like you know Dylan Sprouse is like a Julian Edelman <laughs> and Corbin Blue was like a first round pick you know it's just you don't even Sure. You got a lot sure. more out of him than you expected. So he's a Jerry Judy. Um, <laughs> all right, cool. So let's move on to the next matchup then. Uh, Elizabeth, you're 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 with me. You're bringing the Sprouses along to the uh, <laughs> round of eight. I love it. I would Come I on. would like to see a Sprouse versus Sprouse matchup. I don't think that's going to happen. I don't think that's happening. Okay, uh, we're moving on to the next matchup. It's number three, Brenda 
Sing Me a Song versus number 14, Miley Cyrus. So Brenda's song, 18 to 20 years old. Uh, she's older, but not Jason Earls old. Brenda's song, the only DC Games athlete to be a captain three seasons. All three. Yep. Yep. And won two championships along the way. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, there's no one with a more impressive resume than Brenda's song. Go activity. Go activity. And, and it, I don't really know a lot about Brenda's song, like, off camera and like in her personal life but i if i had to take a guess based on the fact that she was the captain of three teams i think she's probably a really mature and easy to get along with person because who who do if you could guess who do you think she married well i know she married macaulay culkin and had a kid with him i was hoping with your person i don't know her personal (laughs) life i was like i'm about to blow this man's mind no no, i yeah i knew that i knew i've actually been following macaulay culkin's career Quite closely, uh, his entire <laughs> life. Sure. Um, no, but like for for the DC games, for like the Disney Channel to ask Brenda to captain three teams, like that's that's a lot of responsibility that they're entrusting in this person who is a teenager. So uh, I think that's awesome. She was never really super like animated. Uh, she's not like Kyle Massey level, who only got one <laughs> captaincy. Uh, she was she just kind of seemed very even keeled throughout the whole thing. So, really, the only athletic event I want to talk about with Brenda this week is is the dunk tank and the throwing. Her throwing motion is like axe throwing, and that wasn't a yes. thing back then. But she throws it like completely straight on maybe a volleyball would be like the closest thing to that where you just hit it straight forward um it's just like a a pitching machine or something so in her first season throwing she doesn't do a very good job but in 2007 what does she do she hits three for three with that Mm -hmm. quirky arm action and if y'all don't follow baseball, and I don't mean to bring up Trevor Bauer so often on this I, podcast, I wrote but it, it in my, seems I wrote like in my notes too. I wrote in my notes too. Trevor Bauer currently pitching for the LA Dodgers. He was doing this thing during spring training where he would close one eye and strike out batters, and then kind of like show off because he struck someone out with one eye closed. Brenda Song with three for three on the dunk tank with one eye closed. So yep. like. I'm not saying, I'm just saying Trevor Bauer watched the DC games and stole that from <laughs> Brenda Song. That's all I'm saying. I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you, to be honest. I like that narrative. Um, Miley Cyrus. Wow. Miley Cyrus might be the worst Disney Channel games athlete. <laughs> um, I, she's not. She's definitely not. There is one girl who was worse than her from Germany who like literally couldn't do anything. But Miley Cyrus was really bad as well. She won a championship in 2007. Don't know how. But um, in 2006, she did nothing positive. She uh, lost Rock, Paper, Scissors to Vanessa Hudgens in that um, fifth round matchup where V. Hudge threw paper. She went 0 for 3 in the dunk tank and looked really bad doing it. She She dropped two eggs in the egg toss. One of those may have been an Emily Osment overthrow. 
Either way, uh, she did drop two eggs. She was first out in Simon Says in 2006. I don't even think they got through one round of like Simon Says, put your hands down. And she was already out. She eliminated herself because no one was paying attention yet because they didn't think anyone would be eliminated so soon. She was like, Stop. all right, I'm out. <laughs> she yep. literally mm-hmm. lasted like, Mm-hmm. 30, like 30 seconds. It was amazing. Yeah. Uh, the next year, she comes back and she got eliminated first as Simon says again. Yep. She was well, awful. We know Miley's not one for following the rules, I think. Correct. We're all aware of that at this point. Correct. Sure. We already talked about her not really gripping the noodles very well, <laughs> um, which I guess there, you know, she, she wanted closed fists apparently in that uh, matchup with Emily Osment. Really, uh, the, the the highlights I have for Miley Cyrus in 2007, she did improve a little bit on the egg toss. She was not out first. Yes. She didn't make it super far, but she wasn't totally embarrassing like she was um, 2006. She also did two concerts. That mm-hmm. was, you know, that was kind of like peak Hannah Montana time. So, um, you know, she was able to perform there. I mean, this one's easy for me. It's Brenda Song. She's, like Kyle said, goat territory. Um, and it's a very, very easy win over Miley Cyrus, who is a liability. Yep, I agree. It's definitely Brenda Song. Don't need to talk about it anymore because I will talk about Brenda next time. Elizabeth, do you agree that it's Brenda over Miley here? Yeah, absolutely. Miley Miley did not want to be there at all. Like her no. attitude, her body language, she wanted to go home immediately. Let's move into our final matchup. It's number six, Monique Coleman versus number 11, Mitchell Musso. Monique is from, everyone help me out because I don't know. High School Musical. Oh, yeah, obviously. She's from High School Musical. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And tell me where Mitchell is from because I definitely don't know. Also, Hannah Montana. He's the best best friend. Tim, Miley, and Emily Osment are three best friends. So Uh, that couldn't be part of the... The drama, I don't know. I don't oh, well, I don't know if there's ever a, a love triangle there, but Okay. Well, he definitely played the part of staying out of the drama because we did not get a ton out of Mitchell as far as personality goes when he's out on the field. Um season one, all I really have for him is that he was one of the steadier hands in the egg catch game until he absolutely bungled a catch that was over his head. Uh he really outsmarted Kyle Massey in the second season during rock, paper, scissors, really letting Kyle kind of throw his body weight around and then sidestepping uh, and Kyle could go, you know, tumbling to the ground. But then ab- got absolutely manhandled by Kyle in the in the final round of that rock, paper, scissors um, and then was a great anchor in the championship race of the obstacle course. But there was just not a ton out of him, even in the season three. Uh, he was kind of the assist man during foosball. He was setting up Jason Earls for like every single goal that you could ever have by just passing it across the small field. So that it was a one-timer bank every single time. Love the unselfishness, but like that was him. He just kind of was a a team player that was there, but didn't show up a ton in other moments and definitely didn't show a personality. He's up against Monique who felt very much like a Disney channel athlete who was felt like she was giving it her all the entire time. And even if it didn't happen for her, um, she still felt like a strong teammate, you know, and people entrusted a lot in her. Um, she talked a ton of strategy going into the hamster ball race. She talked about 
how she was going to run hand, hand, foot, foot, hand, hand, foot, foot. I kind of like that that mentality of thinking ahead to to strategy, especially in these games that don't matter. These field field day games like <laughs> she she came in exactly knowing exactly how she was going to run it. And she also played physical in a lot of the games that she participated in. In that hamster ball race, she tried to bump Lucas out of the way. Um, she did extremely well doing Simon Says in that first season. She had an extremely powerfully straight penalty shot during uh, season two's foosball game, which apparently was a lot harder than we all expected. Like there were some penalty shots that hit like the post somehow, and they're playing with these massively over, or, yeah, these massively oversized soccer balls, and yet they weren't scoring. And I don't know it. It blew my mind. Um, so I think, I don't know, poor throwing form. Uh, she went with the high step method during the first turn of the um, that other hamster ball race in season two, where she was like high stepping in her hamster ball, uh, which gave her the lead, but she fell at the last minute. There's a lot of falling at the last minute for her, but at least that Disney Channel energy was there the entire time. And that's why she she came back for the two seasons. Uh, and Mitchell, who was there for, I believe, all three. Um, nope. Yep. All three. Kind of was just a piece. Piece of the game. He, he didn't really show a lot. I like Monique a lot more here as a Disney Channel athlete than I do Mitchell Musa. I'm moving on, Monique. Um, yeah. I think really the only like standout thing that Mitchell did for me uh, on the field and it's crazy because he was on this show for three seasons. He was one of yeah. the, the the people that made it all three. Uh, he was on the winning obstacle course relay in 2007 with Moises. Uh, he sealed the deal and preserved that uh, red team win in 2007. But like we all know that was Moises. Like Moises crushed that, the first leg of that. So like, you know, Mitchell basically just didn't blow it. Uh, he was eliminated first in the egg toss in 2006 when he was uh, with Kyle Massey on the green team. I know we already talked about Emily Osment potentially blowing that uh, relay in 2006 where Zach Efron was missing all of those baskets. Um, Emily Osment almost blew it on the rock wall. Something that they did not show was Mitchell almost blowing it because he was terrible at the wheelbarrow race. I think what they did was they assigned roles incorrectly. Ashley Tisdale was holding Mitchell Musso's legs when it should have been the other way around. But mm. like his butt was like way too low and his like <sighs> he was going all over the place. So I did not really like that. Uh, I didn't think he brought a very competitive edge to really any event he was in. Also off the field, uh, Nick Jonas or was it Jason Earl? I think it was Jason Earl said that Mitch Musa was like annoying his teammates by playing guitar uh, in 2008. Yeah. Uh, So I guess not great for like team camaraderie. I do want to bring in uh, something that's kind of interesting. I'm bringing in some supplemental material, but uh, both Musso brothers, Mitchell and Kyle Musso, uh, were on a Defunct Land podcast episode. Sorry. Mitchell and Mark Musso, both of them were on a Defunct Land podcast episode where basically Kevin Perger from Defunct Land was like asking him about what it was like to be a Disney star. And Mitchell talked a lot about the Disney Channel games. And that was really what got me interested in this whole uh, show to begin with. And it was really interesting to hear his insight because 
I love when Disney gets painted as a villain, you know? Like, I like them having egg on their face. But believe it or not, Mitchell, who, like, has nothing to do with the Disney company anymore, you know, he's completely moved on from that. He was like, yeah, actually, it was super fun, and, like, everyone treated me really well, and, like, the Disney Channel games in particular, like, it was designed for us to meet one another. Like, they really wanted to create, like, a, a Rat Pack energy, amongst the Disney Channel game, amongst the Disney Channel stars at the time. And, I mean, that makes sense. Like, when you work on a TV show, you know, it might, we, the audience, might see Hannah Montana play right after The Sweet Life, but, like, the Sprouses would never, ever meet Miley Cyrus. Like, they would have no Uh reason to. So Disney specifically knew that it's hard being a child star, and, like, you don't make a lot of friends because you're working a lot, and, like, here's an opportunity to put all of those people together and maybe they can create um some bonds and mitchell musso really kind of like gave disney a lot of credit uh, for putting that together um they were always really like conscious of their happiness and their safety and all of that throughout the disney channel games and so it sounds like even though like he wasn't a very dominant competitor i think he had a really good time (laughs) doing this and being that i clearly he came back uh, for three seasons so it's kind of cool to know that this show was really created, uh, you know, from a good place, I guess. I was thinking about that a lot, like how much they hung out on like when the cameras weren't rolling. And like, I don't know if they're old enough to even say this, but like who hooked up with who? <laughs> like what was going on behind the well, scenes? Well, yeah, Mitchell Musso explicitly said he was like the first time I ever drank was like at a Disney Channel like uh, event. It wasn't Disney Channel games, but he said that they would go on like cruises and someone like bought, brought alcohol on like a cruise and they all drank together. Yeah, Mitchell's going up against Monique Coleman. Um, yeah, she just does a lot more. I don't know that she's a great competitor, but she does uh, win. Simon says. And season one, which is huge. Uh, that's really a huge moment for me. That kind of sold me on Disney Channel games. I know you don't love Simon Says. I don't love Simon Says either, but uh, I think a lot of the silliness is kind of revealed in Simon Says. And the fact that Monique won that goes a long way with me. So I'm advancing Monique pretty easily over Mitchell Musso. Um, Elizabeth, we've done it. We've reached the round of eight. Uh, how do you feel going into uh, next week's discussions? Uh, feeling good. I feel like every everyone makes sense so far. You know, not not too crazy. So we'll see how next week goes. And next week we're going to be talking about the Elite Eight, and that comprises of number one Shin Koyamada versus number nine Moises Arias. Down the brackets, number four Jason Earls versus number twelve Cole Sprouse. Across the brackets, number two Kyle Massey versus number seven Dylan Sprouse. And to round out the Elite Eights, number three, Brenda Song. First, number six, Monique Coleman. Elizabeth, thank you so much for joining us on this Olympic matchup battle. Uh, We look forward to seeing you next week. Thank you. I'm excited. Thank you so much for listening, all of our Mouse Madness listeners. Thank you for two amazing years doing this podcast. We're absolutely having a great time. We hope you are too. If you want to get a hold of us, if you have a bracket idea, if you want to hop in and do some co-hosting duties, or if you just got something to say about Disney or these Disney Channel games discussions we're having, please reach out to us. Email us at mousemadnesspodcast.gmail.com or hit us up on social media. We're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, Discord, we'd love 
to communicate with you there. Till next week, folks, just remember, cheetahs never prosper. Apparently they don't because they both got eliminated this week. <laughs> <laughs> I wanna walk like you, talk like you, chew, chew.